Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. It's been a crazy time, I feel like, and with our everything going on, uh, just being at home, I, I don't know how you guys have been feeling, uh, but it's, uh, it's weird. It's uh, it's nice to be home with the family. It's nice to be able to spend you know more time with people at home, uh, but man, this just feels crazy being just confined and uh, not stuck at home. But y'all know what I mean, right? And having to do everything from home. Uh, if you if you're not able to go to work, I um, I know a lot of us have been uh, a lot of people have been getting um, laid off. And this has been just a really incredible time uh, that is unprecedented uh, for just about everybody's life. Um, I want to thank you, Julian, in the other room for tuning in. Deja Battles tuning in. Livingstone, we love you too. Uh, thank you so much for, for giving us a shout out. Um, you know, with with us ending March, we are ending our our series about running with horses and running with horses this whole series we've been talking about uh, discouragement we've been talking about being burnt out and we we were able to talk last week about finding rest and today we're really going to finish off with a question and that is why did i do this and i don't know how many of you guys that that might be listening are parents but there's a moment when you're a parent, you have all this time where you're anticipating like, man, I can't wait to have my kids. I, I can't, where you're trying for us. It took us three years to get our first baby. And then all of a sudden they get here and it is way different than you expected. So, so much different than you expected. And you have this question that comes as, why did I do this? On some days, on some days you ask, why did I do this? And it's because it is so much harder than you thought. Uh, you, you're, the things that are great are so much uh, less great when you're experiencing them. And you start asking, man, why did I ever sign up for this? Some of you guys have experienced that same question in maybe your marriage. Um, I know that I haven't asked myself that, Lauren. Um, maybe you've asked that about me. She's watching right now, so I have to be careful what I say. Maybe you've thought, why did I do this when it comes to your career, when it comes to school, those late nights of studying to get a C- minus or a D or fail, and you think, man, why did I even do this? And you get to a point where this is just not what you expected. This is not what you expected. And you... When it comes to all these all these things that you're going through, you have to ask yourself were the were the things you started out to do harder than you thought? And I think all of us find out in a very sobering moment that this was so much harder than I thought. And I just want to look at um, the scripture in Second Kings 19, and this is a scripture that we started off at the beginning of the month with, and it's the story of Elijah and. 
at the beginning of the month, we looked at the point of right after he had this huge success, bring down um, where it's this big battle between him and hundreds of other prophets. And we're going to go back to verse 3 of chapter 19. And it's after his huge success, after working so hard to get the results that came about, Jezebel still says to him, still sends message to him saying, May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. And picking up in verse 3, it says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. How many parents have thought that before? Just take my life today, God. <laughs> and there's this, this huge exchange that's going on in the next couple verses as we read. But I want to just stop right there because I feel like a lot of us, especially right now in this time, we're in this huge place of disappointment. And that where we're at in life is not where we expected to be. Sabian, glad you could tune in. Miss you, buddy. Edward, my my other family member in the in the other room right now. And picking up in this spot of just a simple fact that this is not what I expected. When it comes to jobs, I mean, where we're at, is it really where we expected to be a year ago, three years ago? It it's just different and there's this huge opportunity for us to be overwhelmingly disappointed just overwhelmingly disappointed and we often don't expect to make as many mistakes as we do when we're on this path of whatever it is whether it's parenting whether it's marriage whether it's a career whether it's starting your own business whether it's going to school going back to school we don't really expect to make mistakes. I mean, we know everybody makes mistakes, but with all that being said, you don't expect to make as many of those mistakes when you actually venture out to do them. And because that is what we go through, it leads us to a place of thinking we are never fit for the job that we were set out to do. That we were never really ready for that job because of all the mistakes. I mean, how many times as a parent have I done something or didn't do something? And I thought, man, I suck. I'm the worst parent. I should have never, they should have never let me have a kid. And it's in those moments where you think that all those mistakes just pile up. It's not just the first mistake. The first one hurts a lot. And then the second one, and then you start looking back. It's like, man, I feel like I just made so many mistakes. And you start getting so disappointed to where you're in this burnout stage of thinking that you were never really fit for that spot. You were never really good enough to be that position, to try to fill that need, to be who you thought you wanted to be. You were never really good enough. And the results that we were wanting from the beginning often come so much slower and so much smaller than we expected. You, you think that you're going to get this awesome, great result 
and you're gonna get it. Yeah, you know it's gonna take some time, but you didn't know it was gonna take this much time. I mean, in ministry for me, when I learned that it takes even just two years in an established church to, to even just solidify a youth ministry, I mean, that's in an established church, and then all of a sudden trying to start a church from the, from the ground up, man, it is so much harder. Results come so much slower, and it is so much smaller than I thought it was going to be. And with all of those results being different than what I thought, it leaves this huge burden when you realize, man, this is so much harder too. And you start thinking, man, I've already made so many mistakes. If I made this many mistakes already, why should I even go forward? Some of you guys, you got to be resonating with what I'm saying a little bit. And whether it's school, whether it's your careers, whether it's family, anything, all of those mistakes piling up, all of those results being smaller than you thought they were going to be coming about slower than you wanted them to come. And then there's those moments where sometimes everything we're working for seems to have went to nothing. And those moments are incredibly hard where it seems like you just were hitting something, hitting something, hitting something, and you really put all of your heart into it. You really tried your very best, and then something happened to where nothing came out of it. Nothing happened. And those moments sting for a while because those moments where you put everything into it and nothing happened, it makes you think it was because of all of your mistakes it makes you think because you were never really good enough in the first place. And you start really getting in this stage of burnout because the disappointment is so overwhelming to where you're like Elijah in this story. You say, God, you might as well just kill me. I, I'm not who my ancestors were. I'm not who I thought I was. Nothing is working for me. I might as well just give up. And... This, this stage right here is such a scary place to be because sometimes it's just giving up of what we're striving for, what we're working towards. And other points, we're in our heads thinking, man, I shouldn't even be alive anymore. What's the point of me even living? I, don't, I can't do anything right. I can't succeed I want to be. And I don't want to live this mundane life. I don't want to just be enough. I wanted to do something great something at least a little bit good, and you feel like I can't, you can't even do that. And you start getting in your head and in your heart, and you start thinking all of this disappointment is leading to a place to where you should have not even ever started in the first place, but you shouldn't have even been alive in the first place. And with so many people losing their jobs right now, I imagine that this disappointment is piling and piling up. I mean, how many of us this last month were working towards a goal in our jobs, pushing and pushing and pushing for something, and all of a sudden, our whole world changes, our government changes, and, and it wasn't even your fault, but now it's like, we're just going to close down. We're just not going to do that thing after all, because we can't. You, in fact, we're... 
now we have to, after, you've been doing a great job and it, you, you're, ever since you got here, you've been great, but we're going to have to let you go because of everything going on right now. I mean, that disappointment weighs so heavy to where it feels like the world is against you. Everything is just working for you to fail. That's a heavy burden to carry. And then just like in Elijah's story, that's what he's feeling. That the whole world is against me. It's better for me to just be dead because I can't carry this anymore. It's not that I want to die, but I am just not strong enough to continue to carry this disappointment for another week, another year, another month. I don't know how much longer I can hold it. It's too heavy for me. This is not what I expected. And I want to continue in this story. We're going to skip a couple verses down. And it says that uh, down in verse 9, that but the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. I want us to stop here again because Elijah's at the point where a lot of us are and that's with the thought of, I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know how much longer I can do this. It's already not what I expected. I haven't been getting the results that I was wanting. I don't even know if I was really called to do this anymore because I feel so torn up inside. I don't know how much longer I can really do this. There's so many good, healthy marriages and relationships that go through this time of extreme burnout, extreme disappointment, extremely drained to where this question goes into their mind over and over. I don't know how I can do this. I don't know how I can keep doing this. I'm so tired. I don't know how I can go on. And it's at that moment where it felt like it took everything out of you just to get to the 13th place medal. You're wanting to get first place, but you would have been satisfied with second or third place. But you didn't get any of that. You got 13th place. And you worked so hard and put out so much energy in your minds to where you labeled yourself as last place. Out of all the people at your work, you're the, you're the least. Out of all the students, you're, you're the one that needs the most help. Out of all the marriages, you're the worst husband. You're the worst, you're the worst wife. You're the worst father. You're the worst mother. You're the worst son. It goes on and on that to where no matter how much we try, we feel like we're the worst one. See, the truth is you're not the worst one. You're just so tired to where you feel like you're on the bottom. You're so drained to where it feels like all of your energy is sucked out of you and you can't imagine yourself doing any better than you already did. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's a drained spot that you're at. And you have to recognize where you really are instead of letting that, that, those thoughts of death just going over and over of, I'm the worst, I could never do this in the first place, why am I here? I, how am I supposed to go on? All these thoughts that are telling us to stop, to stop, to stop, to quit, to quit, to give up. Those are all those thoughts because of how drained and disappointed you are. 
I, the, I, tell me if you've said this before, I feel consumed, like I can't focus on anything else because I'm always on this, whether physically or in my mind. If it's school, you feel like you are always at school. If it's work, you, it's, if it's that new career you tried, you're starting, you're working on, feels like everything you do is focused on this. It's a, maybe it's your marriage and you're thinking, man, I feel like everything is about him. Everything I do is for him or her. You just got kids. You feel like all of your world is consumed by your kids. You don't know how you're going to make it. Whether it's physically actually always doing it or in your mind, when you're not there physically in your head, you're thinking, what am I supposed to do now? And you're just thinking about how how are you going to deal with this when you have to go back again? And this final thought about being drained is this thought, this idea is that I'm so tired and it just seems like nothing is working. I'm so tired and it doesn't seem like anything is working anyway. And this is at that, that give up moment. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That give up moment to where I'm already so tired. I haven't won. I've already gotten last place over and over and over. And I don't know if I have the energy to try again. I don't know if I can keep running this race over and over and over. And it is so exhausting. It is so tiring. And you're in the spot, it's like, what's the point? Why shouldn't I just give up? It'd be better for me to just go back to the way things used to be than to be killing myself doing this over and over just to fail. This is a huge burnout. And with everything going on, a lot of us are hitting this spot right here. Feeling like everything we're working for was for nothing. And we, we really, that question that we started off with is why did I do this if it was all gonna just fail? That's what we need to really go back to is why did I do this? Going back to your why, why you started in the first place. And I feel like in these moments where we're on the verge of just giving up, complete burnout, it's, it's, that, it's like there's something within you that is like, I need a word from God to keep going. I really need to hear something from God if I'm going to still be in this thing because I am ready to give up. I'm ready to quit. And I want to finish reading this verse for you. We just finished talking about how Elijah zealously served God, but nothing happened. Just like so many of you guys have passionately pursued what it is you're doing, whether it's school, whether it is your kids, marriage, whether it's your career, you've been passionate in doing your very best at it but it still seems like we fail. And right here, God tells him, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, 
but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. I want to stop here real quick. At this moment where Elijah needs to hear a word from God, this mighty windstorm comes and shakes everything. This earthquake comes and messes the whole place up. And then a fire comes. I mean, doesn't that feel like everything he was going before? Was that not the experiences of just having his whole world being against this this uh, being shaken by a wind and you're just trying to stand still you're trying to stand your ground and then there's the earthquake where it says the ground that you are using to stand strong on starts shaking before you now what are you going to do and if that wasn't enough a fire comes and just consumes everything you worked for now what and then it says there's this gentle whisper a gentle whisper and that whisper is so intriguing for us to where if we if there's a moment where we feel like we hear God it our souls so long for God to speak to us to do something that we just step out a little bit we step out and say God was is that really you and for many of us that's how we started was God just gave us a whisper, just a little something, and it caused us to step out and do something that was out of our cave, out of our comfort zone. But we believed so much in that whisper that we were willing to do it because we believed that that little whisper inside of our heart was put there by God, that God called us to this thing. And... I want you to ask yourself, what was your why in the first place? Whatever it is for you, what was your why in the first place? You know, this morning, my, my wife was telling me about this show, a stupid show that she was watching. And she was saying that in the show that there was a code blue and that it meant the person wasn't breathing, that they were turning blue, you know, like that their heart stopped, something like that. And before I go on, let me just say that we have two daughters and our first daughter, Joy, is crazy. She's such a handful and I, me and my wife would both say, well, our next kid should be really chill because there is no way a kid be, could be crazier than Joy. She's just out of this world like crazy and our next daughter shows up Jules and she is surpassed in joy by far and we didn't even know it was possible and she's like she started crawling like five months before joy ever started crawling <laughs> and all if we thought Joy was a, a handful, Jules is three handfuls. It was, it's just been wilding out. And especially right now, Jules is 10 months old, Joy is 23 months, and it has been an incredible year, a 
of having both of them and comparing the two and seeing how different their personalities are. And man, just thinking about our daughter Jules, it was, it's incredible to see how much difficulty and how we can try so hard to do one thing and it feels like just like sleep training, trying to get her to sleep on her own. It feels like we try so hard waiting, doing all this work hours throughout the night, not getting any sleep. We think, and then the next day, like, oh man, I think it paid off. And then a day later, it seems like nothing happened and she's just back to waking up all night. Well, all that to say, the reason I'm sharing about how much of a handful she is, is because this morning, when my wife was telling me about this show she was watching, Code Blue, it gave me a flashback to when we were in the hospital room and Jules was being born. And right when she was being born, you heard a loud pop, and that was her collarbone breaking. And, and then I heard the nurses yell out, Code Blue. And as I followed this, this herd of nurses taking my child newborn child and laying her on this table. I didn't see my child breathing. I didn't see her crying, I couldn't hear her. And she was blue and limp. And I remember in that moment having complete fear and hope at the same time. And I remember just the moment where they were sucking all the fluid out of her mouth, they were shaking her, hitting her, all this stuff, and the moment that I finally heard her cry and saw her moving, I started weeping, I started crying so hard. And, and it's a moment like that to where I knew why I was just gonna love that little girl forever. Why I would cherish her, why I would make moments special, hold her, and see, it's, it's in like the normality of life of once we're actually raising the kids and growing through to where we start to forget those beginning moments, those why moments, and how truly special they are to us. And I want you to really go to that place where you first said why you wanted to do what you wanted to do, why you wanted to start what you wanted to start. And... What did you feel like God told you when you decided to start? What did you feel like God was speaking to you? And for there's so many of you where God gave you a word and he gave you confirmation. God really ministered to you about how what he was calling you to do was him calling you to do it. And now I want you to ask yourself, what has changed from that moment? moment where you first said yes, the moment to where you established why you really want to do this, and the moment where you felt like God spoke to you, what has changed? And I know that for some of us, that answer is, well, nothing has changed. Because in your heart, you know that everything is still there. Of course, all of the things changed because it's harder than we thought. We're less successful than we thought we were gonna be. All these other things about being disappointed and drained, all that is true. But at the end of the day, it's still the same in here. 
And I want to also project to you guys that there are times where we start something where it wasn't God speaking to us. There are times where we started something just out of just a moment of a, a moment of spontaneous. And there wasn't this big old story to it. There wasn't a why to it. But there's sometimes even just a little feeling that a little moment that you have and you just feel like it's God speaking to you. Those moments I'm telling you to hold on to. But if if going through all this and you don't feel your heart pulling or a passion stirring, then maybe it is something that you need to reevaluate and look at. But I think that a lot of us, we have something there that was put by God to press forward and move uh, and, and move on because we are on the verge of a touchdown. We're on the verge of, of, of getting that win that you were wanting. It's feeling a win for once. And you're, you're so close and you're almost there. And I want to I wanna really just tell you this, that purpose without passion will leave you drained. Purpose without passion will leave you drained. And so will bad personal management. Purpose without passion will leave you drained. And so will bad personal management. And what I'm saying about this is first that if we just keep going through the motions of being a parent, of being a spouse, of being uh, that entrepreneur, being a student, if we, uh, whatever it is, if you just keep going through the motions of doing it without the passion of doing it, it is going to be the most miserable time of your life continued. You feel like I'm already there. It's going to just continue. And I really want to encourage you to whatever it is, find that zeal, and that passion once again. I know that for a lot of us that have lost jobs, the thought, man, it was so hard for me to get the job that I just lost. Well, remember how passionate you were about finding that job, about, about showing up uh, to the interview, about all that you worked to just get that job? You still have that passion there even though you're drained and disappointed. You, you got to really find that passion, reach into yourself and get that passion again because you can still do it. You, you can get the next one. You're going to push through this. You are going to make it through. And for those of y'all that are still in the spots that you're at and you're still drained and disappointed, do the same thing and reach in within yourself and find that passion, that heart, because it's there. It may be the smallest little ember, but if you blow on it, it'll turn into a fire again. And the second thing is, Having bad personal management will leave us drained just as bad as not having any passion to it. Guys, we need to be better at time management. We need to be better about not procrastinating. We need to be better about not just killing our time. I mean, that's just it. You know, even in this time where a lot of us are home way more often than we were used to, let's look at do a reevaluation of your time this last week. How much of this week was wasted binging Netflix or Hulu, whatever? How much of it was playing video games? How much of it was actually you doing all the things that you said you wish you had more time to do? 
I mean, isn't that the most common thing that we say? Man, if only I had more time, I would do this. If only I had more time, I would do this. And now we have a plethora of time, and what have we been doing with it? Y'all dig what I'm saying? Let's, let's just really go about, if we just continue in this bad time management of poor personal management of ourselves, you will still feel totally drained and totally disappointed. We got to do better within ourselves with to be good stewards of the time that, that we've been given. And even though this sucks right now for a lot of us, we need to do the best about making it an opportunity at, at making it a moment to where we found something good in all of this all of this bad. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And I really want you to get out of yourself and back into what God has spoken to you. And this story with Elijah, he's where all of us have been at, where you're just so stuck within what you're going through. I'm the only one left. I suck. I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. I'm all these thoughts that we get, I'm not a good enough Christian. There's no way I can be this any longer. There's no, I, it was so hard just for me to be that kind of Christian before. And I was barely skimming by. How am I supposed to be a better one now? And it's really not, it's not about getting all in your head and making all of these, these special reasons of why you're not good enough. It's just, that's just not true. You're more than enough to do what it is that you are doing right now and to do even greater. You are more than enough. And I really want you to, today, I really just want you to be encouraged and that the burnout that you've been in, that, that, that mood that you've been stuck in, let's, let's really find ourselves back in God and shake it off again. My favorite verse is when Jesus says, come to me all you who are heavy burdened and I will give you rest. And the truth is, if, if we go to Jesus with all this disappointment, all of this tiredness and weariness, if we go to him with it, he will give us rest. He will speak to you a fresh word. He will remind you of your calling. He will remind you of your worthiness. He will remind you of his love for you. Now he has given you a purpose. How he has called you out of darkness into light. How he has great plans for you. And it's only in those moments where we bring him those burdens. And whatever it is for you, I know that I'm trying to I'm really trying to encompass so many different aspects from from careers to marriages to parenting, all these different things of of where we're at. Because the truth is, all of these things are things that we need to bring to Jesus. And I love that when, when after uh, Elisha speaks to him and says, I've done all this and I haven't got anywhere. God tells him in verse 15, then the Lord told him, go back to the same place. Go back to the same place where you came, the same way that you came. And he gives him this whole mission of going back to where he just came, where he just ran away from. And that's where he finds uh, the next king. That's where he finds Elisha, his predecessor. And it's, 
he he just reaffirms that he has given him a purpose that he's called him to do great things and it's all back where he was just at go back to the same place you just came from and for a lot of us we've we're running away in our hearts and our minds and I feel like God is just telling us, go, go back to where you were just at. Go back to your why from the beginning. Because even though you think that it was just in your head, it was actually God speaking to you. You're doubting the, very, the, the, the word of God that was spoken to you. But God is trying to tell you today, he's reaffirming to you, just, just press in and, and do what I called you to do. You are enough. You are able to do it. With all that being said, I wanna just pray for you. And I know that there's so many of us that, that are really stressed out right now. And if you're not stressed out at all, God bless you. Pray for us that are. And I want you to just have a moment right now where you close your eyes. And I want you to just take a breath. Take a deep breath. And I want you to just believe for a moment that God is telling you it's going to be okay. God is trying to tell you it's going to be okay. And if right where you're at, you need to have a moment where you refresh yourself in God's spirit. Maybe you need a moment to where you come to God for the very first time, or maybe you already ran away from God, but right now you need, you know deep down that you need to come back to him. I want you to just have a prayer with God right there where you're at, you and God, and just tell him what it is that you really want. The Bible says that if you simply believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that, that that's how you start this relationship with Jesus. And if you, if you can do that, you just say, God, I believe who you say you are. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you rose from the dead, that you died on the cross and all that. I believe it. I need you to be here with me. Whatever it is you gotta say to him. Have that conversation with him. And from this, this moment forward, I want you to really take, the Bible says to take every thought captive and put it subject in, in Jesus' name. And what that's saying is, the thoughts that we get, especially these negative, disappointed, drained thoughts that we've been getting, let's take those captive and say, I know I've felt that way, but that's not the way it's gonna be anymore. I am enough. I have been called to do what I'm doing right now. God wants me to do this. And I want us to really engage with our thoughts and our minds and God's spirit. And let's be spiritual from this point forward, walking out what we feel like God is telling, calling us to do. And instead of just trying out of all of our own strength, let's bring God into the equation and ask him for our, his help daily. Say, God, I, I need you today to do something greater through me than I could do by myself. Help me to make a difference in others today. Let's try to not make these, the baby prayers that we usually make. God, help me to make through today. You're gonna probably make it through today. 
pray a little more extensively. God, help me to make a difference today instead of just barely survive today. Y'all know what I'm saying? And I really, I want you guys to know that this has been a really crazy season that we have been in in the world. But God is faithful and God is able. And with whatever it is that, that you're going through, I want you to please message us, comment, whatever it is to, to let us know what we can pray for, for you. And I, we, we really want to stay connected as a community together because so many of us are having to be distant and not close and it sucks. And we need community, we need connection. And so please uh, stay connected, stay a part of the community. And whenever we do get to all meet up again, let's show up and show out. I mean, this is a moment that we, we really have had to self-reflect of what we really need in our lives, isn't it? What we really want in our lives. And I just pray that God blesses you, that he continues to, to bring breakthrough to what you're going through right now. And I need you to know that God wants you to have a breakthrough in your heart, in your mind, and in your situation. That he doesn't, he's not wanting you to suffer. He doesn't, he's not wanting it to be harder than it needs to be. All that being said, we're going to close out today. And I just want to thank all you guys that jumped on. Gabby, Sarah, um, Omar, Matt, Billy Joe. I'm so glad that all you guys have been a part of our online services. And I'm so excited to, to see you guys once again when we're able to start meeting in person. And if you at all have it on your heart to give today, you can still give uh, um, through uh, going by going on to gravetop.com, clicking the Give tab. You can give there, or you can give through third-party apps like Venmo, Cash App. Um, and it is, it is in those moments of giving, in those moments of, of tithes and offerings, that that is something so personal. It is something it is the most. It's my favorite form of worship, but. It is a form of worship, and it can't be. It you can't be pressured to do something that you don't want to do, and especially when it comes to worship, I don't have anybody ever forcibly lift my hands in church. <laughs> it's always out of my own free will, and no one can force you to give an offering or a tithe against your will. It's something out of your own heart, and. If God is putting that on your heart, it is is through the tithes and offerings of church that causes churches to continue to run, and you really help us to continue to reach others with um, through Gravetop Church. But again, it's something so personal, so spiritual that if it's on your heart to give, we want to be good stewards of what you uh, of what God has entrusted to you when you give it. But all that being said. We love y'all so much. We'll continue to, to update you guys with stories. Um, we'll continue to try to make more touch points throughout the week online. But we love y'all. We hope y'all continue, uh, um, continue to have a great stay home quarantine time. Um, we've been having to get really creative with our hangouts. Our family, uh, our family does a family date once a week to where me and my wife, we go on a date with one of our kids 
um, once a week, uh, and we trade off with each kid and each uh, each parent. And yesterday was me and uh, Edward's day. We originally were gonna go to a buffet and just pig out. I was super excited, um, but all those plans changed, obviously. And so instead, we got two pizzas. We only needed one, but we wanted two because we were gonna go to a buffet. And we got some snacks at the, uh, uh, like chips and, and Sour Patch Kids stuff. Uh, and, and we bought a whole case of soda just for ourselves. And we put it in an ice chest just so it could feel like we went somewhere. And we just played video games for like the majority of the night. And it was so much fun <laughs> just being able to spend that time, uh, that time together as, a, as family, father and son. And we had a blast. Um, we ended the day, we ended the night by playing Minecraft, one of a uh, uh, crazy game, I guess. <laughs> but um, I'm sharing all this to say that in these times, don't let our situations determine what we are able to do and not do. Don't make these situations excuses for you to not have community, See, for you to not have special moments, especially with your family, especially with God. Don't let this forced moment be a determination of how your relationships are. Let them let, do with what you got, is what I'm saying. All that being said, uh, I love you guys. I hope y'all have a great rest of your day. Um, stay connected. Um, we, we love you guys. Have a great uh, Sunday. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.